Uh, we have <laughs> we've had a great conversation so far. Um, we've got a couple cocktails going here ahead of time. We've had equipment breakdown, and uh, I started the show without hitting record, so that's good. Uh, that's why Brenna's here to keep an eye on me. Howdy. This is Going Boldly, the podcast. Here's your host, Russ, the big guy. We have a founder and CEO of Wendy Glavin Agency. She is an expert in marketing, executive communications, public relations, getting your project off the ground, uh, helping you hone in and focus in on those important skills that you want to build a business off of and build a life off of. And we have some interesting things to talk about today. Welcome to the show, Wendy. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for being so patient. We finally got everything operational here. And uh, so now we're off and running. I was thinking about marketing and PR and such, and I've always kind of had an interest in PR, just that concept of it, how you can get people to sort of pay attention to you by creating events or sending uh, press releases out to media and that sort of thing. What do you find that really helps businesses these days? Like, is it PR right now or is it just digital advertising or? Okay. So just to be clear, I don't do advertising and I hate to say it, but I don't believe in advertising. Okay. I mean, you're like on a Super Bowl commercial or, you know, you're like Purdue or, you know, these big companies, but one, because you are paying. Well, here's what, here's the line that we say. Yeah. We say advertising is what you pay for. PR is what you pray for. So I was raised, I'm saying in my industry with the background of public relations, which means that what you, it's called a pitch. It's not called a press release anymore because editors, you know, they don't have the time to read through like, you know, pages and pages. So basically what they want are facts, but The key pillars are to be educational, newsworthy, current, inspiring, thought-provoking. And, you know, if you're in a certain industry sectors, for example, business to consumer, entertaining. Those are kind of the pillars. So in dealing with clients, sometimes, you know, they're not ready for public relations. I mean, you can't just get publicity based on nothing. I'll give you an example. Okay. Uh, I work with a lot of tech startups. So one was a fintech, fintech AI startup. So it was two people, right? So I'm going to tell you, explain a couple things. So he had a new advisory board and he wanted to do what's called a press release about that advisory board. So I said, well, what have you written? What has been out about your company lately? He said, not much. I said, well, honestly, no one's going to care about your advisory board until they hear about your product or services. What they had was, uh, it's, it's, too, it's too technical to go in. It's too much technology talk. But so instead of leading with an advisory board, we led with you know these two new platforms that they had. We went to, I went to um, the trades, FinTech magazines, AI publications, you know, online digital publications, because so once it gets into the trades, then it spurs some interest. And anyway, over time, it's kind of a combination of a lot of things like marketing communications is the umbrella. Okay. And then underneath marketing communications is marketing, public relations, 
nowadays, you know, social and digital media, video marketing, email marketing, et cetera. You have to have these certain elements ahead of beforehand. You can't just go get PR. So eventually saying after like a year, um, he, he had a full page and a half article in Forbes, which clearly, so he, he raised 6.9 million in funding. And, you know, now he's, it's, it's, you know, it's a large global company. It really starts with marketing, which is a strategy. Like, who are you, who are your audiences? Like, who are you trying to reach? You know, what type of messaging? Like, what is it that you, what are you offering? And interestingly, people really don't make decisions just based on logic or objective, it's emotional decisions like, uh, will this, you know, give me more time? Is it, you know, less anxiety? Is it easy to use? You know, they make emotional decisions. Yeah. So it's important to put yourself in the seat of your customer and who you're trying to reach, speak to them. And the, the phrase goes with the right message at the right time to the right person. So it's like personalized, customized, that sort of thing. With public relations, everybody wants publicity. That's why we call it earned media. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, because it's, because I was familiar with the different uh, labels, paid media, shared media, owned media, earned media. And I was very curious. So I'm glad that you touched on that. Let's just do this quickly. So the paid is like um, advertising, okay, or paying influencers, okay, micro macro influencers, which also I don't do. Yeah, I mean, I don't, it's not, it's not really what I believe in. Yeah, own media is what your the company owns, like your website, my let's say my website is what I own. My writing, I'm not saying I own it, but that is intellectual property or people have blogs, that's called what you own your own media. And then earn media is where you get an editor, an editor interested in the company, the brand, the service, the product to actually write an article, which then gives third party credibility. Obviously, if, if there's a full and a page and a half article in Forbes, that's going to be more persuasive than an ad. And actually, people are sick of ads, especially now during the I don't want to say during the pandemic, but more and more like spammers and you know people yeah. going after everybody. So I don't want to, it's not that advertising is like a dying business, but I believe more in, as I said, earn media. So I've never used advertising to get public relations, to get media coverage for my clients ever, never, not in 30 years. Yeah. But PR to conclude, it really is like a thankless job because like once you start to get coverage, right, then it's like, well, why are we not on the Wall Street Journal? Why are we Uh not in? Oh, dear. You know what I mean? So it's it's always like when something happens, it's like, oh, my God, like you're such such a star. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, why are we not here or there? Well, the reason they're not wouldn't there wouldn't be the next step is you had the same. It's like these pillars. It has to be newsworthy. It has to be current, has to be thought provoking, has to be educational. You know, other you know, raising money. There has to be some reason for an editor to write about it. So PR is it's difficult. And I have a, a big database. It's called Cision. I mean, it's not mine. I mean, it's like a billion dollar company. So that's how you can create media lists, targeted media lists, uh, you know, to find editors that are interested in writing about what it is that your client or product or brand, et cetera. So it takes time. It takes work. We spoke earlier about my, one of my young sons who wrote a self-published a book and his dream was to be in the New York post. Now I don't know anyone at the New York post. It's kind of like a playbook. What you do is like, 
you read what the editors are writing at the New York Post, since that was its dream. And so I found an editor. It, the book has to do with growing up in Manhattan private schools, scandals, that sort of thing. So this features editor was writing about those types of things. So I just sent her an email and said, I thought you might be interested in Will Glavin's book, blah, blah, blah. And, and that was like about it. And then she said, is that your son? And I said, yes. And she said, could you tell me the real schools he went to? And I said, why don't I just put you in touch with him? So we had a, a huge article in New York Post. And everybody kept saying, well, you must have known somebody. You must have connections. It's No, I didn't. It's like, just spend the time reading, reading and doing research based on what these editors or what people are interested in. And then yeah. and add to their stories or give them background, then they're interested, but not sending like massive emails, you know, email blasts. Be, be very focused, very targeted, very specific. Exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of like yeah. a quick, you know, an overview of public relations. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Our young business owners or new business owners, I should say, and aspiring entrepreneurs can hear that list, educational, newsworthy, current, inspiring, entertaining, thought provoking. And exactly. And, and they're not called press releases anymore. Pitches. Pitches. They're called pitches. How do they, um, in whatever form it takes or because there used to be a very specific form for a press release. Editors are inundated. Media is inundated thousands and thousands of emails. So uh, when you're in in my field, you have uh, we, we you have events where you meet the media. So I've met in person, you know, speak to Bloomberg, speak to Fortune, speak to blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you ask them what they're interested in. Yeah. So they just want the facts. They don't want it like a spin because that's what they do, like they're editors. So they don't need some spin. It's like this company raised X amount of dollars is in this funding round. Just give you an example. This is what they offer. This is to whom. These are their clients. You know what I mean? It has to be very factual and specific and relate to what they're interested in. Okay. Makes sense. So I'll use the fintech AI. Yeah. Um, you know, they inter they interviewed the CEO. I stay on the call. I listen so okay. that I'm able to help afterwards. In other words, if the editor needs clarification, if the client needs clarification, and then she writes the article, they write their article on the on their own. The New York Post person, other than sending a couple lines and you know about the book and what it was about, I mean, no more than probably at most like three or four sentences, you know, I put her in touch with my son and then whatever happened after that happened. It's all more about like opening the door. And then if it's the right fit, then you put the, get your client in touch with, you understand, like I'm sort of out of it other than for yeah. clarification on either side. Yeah, of course. Until they come back to you and want to know why they're not in a bigger publication because they're doing exactly. so, because they're doing so well right now. Right. So um, I'm actually more, focused on marketing because that's like the overall strategy. And basically what I say to people, every single thing is content, everything mm. like a pitch, social media, digital media, video marketing, every single thing is content. So we have to think about everything that we write and do and speak. It's content. It has to still fill those pillars, as you mentioned. Otherwise, you know, then there's nothing to say. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. want it to be relevant and of value. If our business owners think of themselves as their own media company, which is, you know, basically what we're doing now, then um, if they think of it in that way, it might be more um, encouraging for them or it might be more effective for them to be able to come up with the different types of uh, content that they need 
Um, and then following those half a dozen things that you mentioned, right? If it doesn't fit into one of those, um, then they're just wasting their time with it. They just move on to something exactly. else. But Exactly. And, and the other thing is stop selling. People have to stop selling right now. We have to understand the circumstances that we're in. I'm saying today, but always. Yeah. Like we are in a pandemic. Like people have lost money. They've lost their jobs. People have lost lives, loved ones. Like stop selling to people. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. like, it's not the time. So we have to be sensitive to the times. So of course people want to sell, but it's not really the way to go about it. Do you know, you know what I'm saying? And yes. it's sort of what you said in the beginning of our conversation before we were live, which is something I never do, which is not do research prior to coming on your show. Cause I had been away. Sure. Um, yeah. I didn't have the chance, but that's like, I would never do something where I don't research the person, what they do, et cetera, because then you're, it's essentially you're wasting their time. Like right. I do get a lot of emails and connections. Like, are you looking for a graphics team? Are you looking? It's like, I think to myself, just do a little research, just research a little and you'll see, you know, what it is that I do. Yeah. Or not me. I'm saying what anyone does. It's yeah. important to do research. It's not a big deal. So go on LinkedIn, read their profile, read some of the things that people have written or videos or whatever. And, you know, then you get a better sense. It's more beneficial than just, you know, sending cold emails or, you know, you understand what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. I'm sort of in a little interesting uh, spot right now where I've just started working with a company that is reaching out. And I'm not 100% sure that I, that I like what the way we're doing it right now. It's, it doesn't feel 100% like it's me, but may, but I'm not sure if it matters at this point. Like I'm, sometimes I'm too particular about different things and I don't really have a good handle on what it should be. So I'm kind of like, all right, you guys, you're supposed to be the experts. You do your thing. Let's see what, let's see how it all, you know, shakes out. You know, I'd rather just like show up at your door and talk to you. I guess I'm just, maybe it's just cause I'm older and it was the way everything used to be done. I don't believe that we should do everything just because it was always done in the past. But like for me, that was the most successful way for me. I mean, I've, I've made a gazillion cold calls in my life and um, you know, my most successful way to make a sale is to just show up because it's, I don't know. I just, maybe I can just, con my way in or <laughs> like bamboozle my way in or it's harder to say no to a warm body. So I agree with you about um, showing up prior to the pandemic. You know, I would go to events, but participate, actually raise my hand, ask questions, participate, not just sit there, not just be passive, be active. Me too. Yeah. And I agree with what you're saying. I feel like that is the most important thing, show up and having conversations. I think the other thing is because, you know, everything is digital, not everything, but most things are digital, showing up like what you're talking about, like showing up live, you know, going online, you know, to going to meetups, going to events, really participating, not just showing up, actually participating. I mean, so that you can learn or you can listen to other people, learn from other people, or you can help people. But I, I completely agree with that. I mean, it's really all about building relationships. I mean, it's about our relationships with people, because if you have a relationship with somebody based on trust, then it will be successful. 
but you can't just randomly reach out to people, I believe, and have it be a two-way thing. Do you understand? I feel like it it has to be really two-way, a mutual benefit to both parties. Yeah, which is, you know, it's harder to break the ice, I think. It's harder to um, get that initial contact, especially with the volume of um, prospecting, I guess, let's just say that's going on, you know? Yeah, but it's also about, it's, it's really quality, not quantity. You know, I would rather work with a handful of people that I have a good working relationship and, you know, are interested in diverse opinions and that sort of thing than having even the amount of followers I have. I I never pay attention to that. I really don't care Yeah, because I think it's really about, as I said, the quality. And I mean, to a certain degree, social media, let's say Facebook, Instagram, whatever, somewhat of a facade. Do you know what I mean? Like people are not going to post photos of themselves or, you know, whatever it is that are not the best, but that doesn't mean that that's really what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, there's different levels of that with direct messaging and that sort of thing. I I sort I don't want to be part of that cacophony. I mean, I don't want to be part of that and I don't want to be perceived as being um, disingenuous or uh, manipulative. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. And I think it's um, especially now in this time of, um, you know, disinformation, fake news, people don't know who to trust about what true that, yeah. you know, it's just really important to stick with your core values, who you really are. I am honest to, and I will say to a fault. So I will say to people like, sorry, but like what you're thinking of, it's not going to work. So maybe that, you know, perhaps that's not what they want to hear, but I need to tell them the truth. And if that means less business for me, so be it. I am unable to to, as you said, not tell people the truth, not tell people, you know, based on what they're asking me, my expertise, that something's going to work when I don't think it will. Yeah. You know, then that means, you know, perhaps not as many clients or as much money, but I don't, that's not what drives me. You know what I mean? What drives me are my, my values, which are to be honest, transparent, resilient, you know, to keep moving, to keep growing, to keep learning. I feel like my job is to be my client's conscience, which means to tell them sometimes what they don't want to hear. Especially with entrepreneurs, they need that. They need they need somebody telling them. Often entrepreneurs, and I can speak for myself, they, you know, we have big dreams and uh, big ideas and we kind of get in this creative flow and think that this this is the way this thing's going to work out and Sometimes we go off without doing our due diligence in advance. So we need somebody to speak up. <clears throat> so we're talking about the values. Let's let's talk about decode your value. You've got a nice little lead generator here that I worked on, this tree. Which I really appreciate. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm really interested in hearing people's like react. I mean, that's the whole reason I created my right. own life skills tree for people to use as a guide to create their own. I'm so happy to hear that you did it. How did you find the ex- the process? Well, I was, uh, it was a little confusing for me and I don't know if it was just me. Um, well, tell me why I'm going to actually okay. take notes because that's oh. important back to me. <laughs> All right. I, well, I'll tell you what I, um, I, d- I got value out of it. I don't know if I used it appropriately. I guess let's just say that. I don't know if I used it the way you had designed it, but um, I did. Okay. Well, it was, it was a good thought exercise for me. I mean, a lot of this I've already thought about before, but uh, so I've got at the, at the bottom, um, just uh, actually while we're talking about it, in case somebody wants to pause the podcast, let's give them the uh, location right now or the address where they can get the copy of this. On my website, Wendy Glavin Agency. So it's wendyglavin.com. Um, under the 
first of all, under news, you'll see some of the articles I've written about. I've written about this process. I also, there's a specific link on my website called Decode Your Value, where I have a short video. Those would be the places I would suggest people go. There's a PDF for them or something you can download and print? Most of the articles that I do write about this particular uh, Decode Your Value, I do include the... um, the PDF, the life skills tree for people to download and create their own. Okay, super. Decode your value. And at the base of the tree, I've, I have, uh, it says list your values. So I have uh, honesty, loyalty, resilience. And I, again, I don't know if all these are values, but I was kind of just in a flow state and just started writing. So confidence, optimism, gratitude, childlike wonder, creative, inquisitive, helpful service? Well, no, they're va- first of all, they're, again, there are no rules. It's what we define as our own core values. Okay. So, I mean, you and I have several similar core values. Yeah. The way I, at least for me, and I'm saying there's no rules, but for me, I think of about it like, who have I always been and not, and this has never changed. Yes. I mean, the core of who I am. So mine, mine are honest, authentic, creative, inquisitive, tenacious, empathetic, confident, self-aware, resilient. So those are, those are who I've always been, even as like a kid. So the one thing which I think is funny, I want to tell you, I did do a little random sampling Uh and asked a couple people I know, because, you know, perception is the key to reality. In other words, just because I think that I'm blah, 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 doesn't mean that that's how I'm perceived. So what was funny is, when I asked a couple of people, one, including my son, you know, a business colleague, they said aggressive. Yeah. Right? Well, I am aggressive. Well, that's the city in you. Well, I'm, it's everybody thinks that, but I'm not from New York City. I'm from Philadelphia. Well, that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> that's, honest, that's aggressive with a baseball bat. I would say really where it comes from is two things. One, my father, my hero yeah. was an attorney. He died young at 68. Oh dear! And I really learned a lot of life lessons from him. He would always say to me, don't tell me why it can happen. I want you to give me the arguments as to why it can happen. Even as a little girl, it was this process, like you see with the tree, where I, I would have to kind of come up with, well, what about this argument? What about this? What about this? What about this? You know sure. what I mean? So it's kind of how it's an abstract sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and he used to say that I wanted to be an attorney. And he said, you can't be an attorney because the only way for you to win your case is when you can see the other side, you're more of an advocate. So, um, I actually got into a shitty law school and he just said, you know, we're not, we're not going to support this because I don't feel that that's your, who you are. So it's taken me many, many years. I'd say I will give credit to the importance of my three sons um, in terms of me wanting to have really strong relationships with them. Yeah. So I, I have modified, I modify, I'm not different, but I modify my communications, let's say with them, which I think was a really great learning skill for me to not be controlling, demanding, blah, 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 to like actually listen to them and help them, you know, to achieve what they wanted, not what I thought was like the right thing for them. Yeah. And then I've been able to, you know, use that in other aspects of my life. But, you know, it does it's it's not that it's not a natural thing to just see the other side. I'm saying just for me, my core values, I I think of in terms of who I've always been and who like what is really representative of me. So 
while the aggressive thing I agree with, I ended up choosing the word confident. Yeah, you could say assertive. That's that's a friendly aggressiveness. Right. Do I have assertive here? Right. No, Not I don't. Sure. But no. anyway, yes. But you're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's all as I said. There's no rules. It's all based on like how, you know how we yeah. feel about ourselves, and I feel that you know that is true to who I always was and and will continue to always be all right brenna's here um brenna what are some of the words that you would think of for your values empathy and kindness are pretty much my top two oh that that's i mean that's great she's very good at that and uh actually i consider her kind of my thought leader in many areas and i think probably in areas of maybe empathy and understanding other people wise beyond her years in in many ways so thanks yeah you're welcome (laughs) Yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, l- like with you, Russ, I feel lucky with my three boys because I feel what you're saying. Like, I've learned a lot from them. Yeah. I really have. And when people say on podcasts or whatever, how do you define success? I say my three boys. That I mean, it's not like it's my personal oh my success. Gosh, Wendy. Yeah. That's the <sighs> thing that I'm most proud and happy about. I mean, I'm just so incredibly proud of them. And the amount of things I've learned from my children, are, it's unbelievable. So I wanted to create a reverse mentoring group where older people mentor younger people, right? Yes. Um, and then younger people mentor older people. Like it's so it's called, I mean, it's my idea, but it's a reverse mentoring. I love the idea. Well, let's do, let's create it. You, seriously? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's something right. that I've always wanted. To, I mean, I have talked about this for probably like. We can do it digitally I, or, or, like or, 10 years. Or, or another podcast or something. We should talk about this. I like this yeah, idea no, a lot. I've learned things from them. I would have never learned. Like I feel what probably how you feel. You know, they, they keep me young because yeah. like, all these things I learned from them and it's like, yeah. who cares? One, it <laughs> creates a bonds with them. Yeah. You know, it, it, you know, it's a bonding experience, you know, to have people around you, colleagues, friends, children, you know, your children, people that love and support you. Yeah. And, you know, we have two choices to either just check out or to keep moving forward. That was kind of the whole goal of um, decode your value because, I've never defined myself like as, as I, as I mentioned earlier, as like, oh, I'm an agency executive or I'm this or I'm that. Like yeah. I'm so many different things. And I wanted to help people. You are not defined by your job. You're not defined by your salary, by your yes. status, by your, you know, you are you. Yeah. And so if you, if you look within yourself, you can uncover a lot of things. I've written my entire life. But I didn't think of myself as a writer. It was just like a skill. I just something I learned and I've done all my life till I have a business advisor. She's a really dear friend and colleague. Her name is Deidre Breckenridge. She's very well known and she's been my business advisor, coach, mentor, whatever you want to call her since 2016. She said to me, you know, Wendy, you're a writer. I mean, I know she goes, no, but you need to own it. You need to own it. Also, I've always been interested in technology. I grad, I majored in acting. I wanted to be an actress or a lawyer. My professor yeah. in college, I was too dramatic. <laughs> My parents felt that acting was not like a you know a viable profession. They, oh, they, geez, they here we go. Major. Here we go. So I switched to communications. Why? People are like, oh, well, what? It's like, oh, well, maybe they need dramatic people in communications. Yeah. Graduated. I wasn't allowed to live at home. I had one month to get a job. I got a job working in-house at GE 
for five years. So being surrounded by engineers, technologists, developers, um, I was kind of started to be labeled as like a tech marketing communications person. So after that, I worked for a full service agency. I had to, each time throughout my life, I've, I got like a division of DuPont. Then I moved to New York. I worked at Burson Marsteller, which is now Burson Cone and Wolf, one of the largest global um, agencies in the world. And I had a division of IBM. So I'm just saying it's carried me. I mean, it's continued to happen throughout my life. So Deidre Breckenridge said, you know, Wendy, like, you know about technology, like start to be like a writer. So anyway, with that, with her kind of making me aware, meaning, of course I was, I became a technology columnist is one aspect of what I do. And so I write for equities and I have a column in there called um, uh, Glavin's Tech Talk. We can combine different skills that maybe we don't even like they come naturally to us. Right. Yeah. And then we can use them in new ways. There's so much opportunity always. And like you're saying, you know, we're not just what we're doing. Like we're not just our job. We're just um, we're all multifaceted people. And if you really stop and think about it, we had, you know, most of us probably aren't doing what we thought we would be doing when we were younger. You know, we're just, uh, I mean, there are a few people, you know, my, actually Brenna is, Brenna is one who is, she's always been plugged into music and she has the uh, recording studio next door. She's been on tour and just, you know, all that stuff, everything. Congratulations. Yeah. And so, so Brenna is doing that. And, um, and then my wife, uh, who's a retired uh, college professor, although she still teaches online for a couple different universities, you know, she knew from when she was younger that she was going to go to college. She was going to get her master's degree. She was going to get her PhD. She was going to teach. And I, I'm pretty sure it was criminal justice was always her thing, like always. And she just always knew that. Good for her, lucky for her. But, you know, many of us just, you know, we ended up doing something else or for whatever reason, maybe her parents didn't support it or... I right. just sort of gave up on the dream or because it was a dream and the world wasn't lining everything up. That's something that I talk about a lot. And actually you did too. So actually this is a good segue into this because this is, let me just read these quotes to you and see if you can tell me who wrote these. There is no set path because life happens along the way. You really have to be a lifelong learner. Um, your career is not one long trajectory. Instead, it's a combination of experiences and choices that you make al- along the way. You, you wrote that. Yeah, I guess I did. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's but from, thank you. From a couple of I your articles it. or one of your articles. Thank you very much. I do. I mean, I do completely agree with that. So, for example, you can find different ways. I'll tell you something really funny, which is hard to imagine. But I when I, I, you know, Brian Shulman, the CEO, yeah. the head of uh, Voice Revive. Yeah. So in last March, he wanted me to go live on, on his uh, LinkedIn live show, Voice Revive. And I yeah. said, I don't want to. I don't, I'm not self-promotional. Like at the time, you couldn't go to the salon. You know, my hair was graying. I was in my bedroom because two of my grown boys were home. And yeah. I said, I, I'm just, I'm not doing it. He's a friend of mine. So he was like, look, you know, it's not really self-promotion. Da, 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 da. Anyway, to make a long story short went with how I felt, which is I put on a baseball cap and I said, Hey, welcome to Glavin's frat house and (laughs) live and just speaking extemporaneously. Yeah. So now a year later, they call me a resident guest and they say that I'm queen of the chair spin because I have a, you know, like you can spin around in it. So at the end of each guest appearance, we do, um, 
social distancing. Yeah. So, you know, we dance in our chairs and on Wednesday we choose <laughs> a song like our song choice. So now a year later, it's like I can go and talk on any show for, you know, like hours and hours. Wow. So I'm saying that's a perfect example of somebody of him pushing and persuading me, yeah. me saying no. And then with practice, like anything else, you know, it's fine. Like right now, this is unplanned. You and I didn't plan anything. There's no planned questions, nothing. Yeah, you're doing great. Um, well, I mean, now <laughs> I've done this a lot, but I'm just saying this is a perfect example of what someone can do at any age. Like yeah. just because I felt like, well, I've gone to events and I've spoken and, you know, I'm a global speaker, but I don't want to do this. You know, I don't want to go live on the show. Da, 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 da. Hey, listen, I feel you. I, I've done probably thousands of uh, shows, um, improv shows, live game shows, improv shows, um, all kinds of things like that, uh, hosting comedy clubs. And when um, the social media started taking off, um, I just was really not all that comfortable doing live video. I just and I'm still not as comfortable doing that as I am doing a live in person. But uh, I do what you have to do. By the way, I was on uh, Brian's Brian's uh, distancing once. I wore a uh, a Viking helmet with horns on it. I had long blonde ponytails that are attached to the inside of the helmet. So that was me. I thought it was hat day, or for some reason, I think everybody was wearing a hat, and I just, I grabbed that one. You can, I mean, you can do anything. Did you? <laughs> was I on that day? Did you see me? I don't remember. It was it was a while ago. Yeah, yeah. I have to go back and check it out. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's probably recorded so somewhere. So, did you know Brian before all of this craziness on uh, uh, Facebook? I, um, or I'm a published writer, also separate from being a tech columnist. So when there were live events, I would be asked to cover the event. So I. Uh, went to a LinkedIn global event outside of New Jersey. Huge, huge event, huge event. And I met Brian there. He was one of the speakers. I didn't cover his talk, but I covered, uh, you know, another thing. So anyway, that's how it kind of came about. I met him. I think the next morning, I just quickly went downstairs in the morning, like to grab a cup of coffee and I threw on a dress, nothing. And then all of a sudden I see like five guys sitting at a table. They're like, Hey, come sit down. So I just, I came and sat down and talked with them. And that's how I met Brian. Well, he's got so, a, he has an interesting story. That's for sure. And he's, uh, he's got craziness all week long now. So uh, normally, I don't like that kind of stuff on uh, like on LinkedIn. I think of it a more of a business sort of deal. I, for some reason, and and I, and I still don't like a lot of it that pops up on LinkedIn. I just for me, I just really was looking forward to having it be more of a business professional sort of thing. But I just like I like Brian. <laughs> I just like his stuff so much. It's he's all in on it. I had a conversation with a woman who has a um, a decorating business, right? So I this is typical what happens reviewed her website. She wanted my opinion. And I said, you know, where are you in this? Like, I see all the furniture, da, 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 but where are you? So she said, I'm not, uh, it doesn't have to do with me. It has, I'm selling furniture, right? It's about the furniture. I said, no one's buying anything until they know who's behind it. Like you have to say like, who are you? What make, like, how did you, what is your story? Like, how did you get involved in this? Like what differentiates you from the competition, et cetera. And she said, well, I, I'm not selling myself. I'm not, this isn't my, this isn't me. It's the furniture brand. So I said, let's just use an example because they're not, it's not separate. You and your brand are not separate. They're one. 
So I said, like, take Steve Jobs. How about Steve Jobs and Apple? So she said to me, well, I mean, Apple was just building a community. She said it wasn't really about Steve Jobs. I said, well, then why why does everyone know Steve Jobs? Why are there movies? Why are there books? I mean, you can't separate the two. So I'm not saying it's not Apple wasn't creating community, but, you know, a person's personal story, like your real story about why did you get involved in this? Why do you care? What, what is it that differentiates you based on your opinion? Like that's, that would be what would make people buy. Otherwise it's just, I'm not, I'm saying it's just another furniture online furniture store. Yeah. So that that's a big piece. It's a differentiator. Um, but sometimes people don't realize that, which is why I, that's the whole point of decode your value. Like everyone is unique. No one has the same story, the background, your whole point. No one has the same thing. That's your competitive advantage. That's your brand, but not you. That's everybody's. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So instead of thinking about, oh, well, there's, I have heard this so much, of course. Oh, I can't go into law. There's too much competition. I can't go to marketing. There's too many competition. I can't have an agent. Yeah. It's like there's competition, everything, but you are the differentiator. Well, I kind of thought so, that's, I kind of had that, that school of thought and I'm aware of what you're, what you're talking about. Like I processed through, you know, some of that through my thinking when I was thinking about the podcast, because I really, I'm a lifelong entrepreneur and I like, I get it. You know what I mean? Like I really get it. And I just have a, a soft spot in my heart for people who are, have the, who are entrepreneurs or who have that passion for something that they just want to do it every, all the time. For most of them, it's a, a bit business oriented because they, we have to earn a living and that, not always. I mean, there's all these skills and, and entrepreneurial traits that are used for other things besides making money, right? The vast majority I think are probably as, especially at this time are entrepreneurs. So, so I'm thinking about the podcast and I was like, well, that's, I want to serve that group group of people, but there's so many podcasts out there. But the reality is that there's nobody that's going to do it just like I'm doing it. Exactly. Right. So I'm just, the more of me I can put into it, the more I can relax. I remember Howard Stern. I wasn't a huge fan of him, but I remember him saying one time that when he stopped editing himself, for and his radio show, that's when it took off. That's a great point. I mean, I'm not, you know, as crude as him. I mean, I can be, but that's, <laughs> that's not going to be on the podcast. I try not to edit myself too much. I'm very childlike in, in many ways. So sometimes I come across that way. Yeah, but it's good to still, I mean, childlike was before we had, you yeah. know, all these responsibilities. We're told not to say, not to act, not to do to do that so that's before before the world messed us up yeah i think it's a real i mean if going back to your point about you know your childhood or growing up or whatever yeah that's important because we were not conditioned you know what i mean it's like i was when ice skating i you know i mean i did all these different things and it's like why because my parents were not supportive of like my acting career whatever it doesn't mean i can't find other ways, other ways of using those skills or those, the things that I really enjoy doing Yeah, at any age. Yeah. And, and you know what, um, this decode your values, you could do this multiple times in your life. You know, you could do this a lot. It's not like you just do it once you go through this and that's the way the rest of your life has to be. Things change and you have different new perspectives. And so you can go through this. So I encourage people to check that out. Thank you. I re- it's to help other people. You know what I mean? It's I know it's an abstract concept. So I keep trying um, to write articles that will really kind of, you know, help people understand how to use it and how it can help them. Yes. Yeah. Let's, so let's just unpack a few more things that you talked about that were super important. Um, so for social media, for um, the pitches, 
And for other things, think about if what you are putting out there is either educational, newsworthy, current, uh, entertaining, thought-provoking, inspiring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, stop selling. And that's hard for me because, I, again, I came from old school. Push, push, push. And um, you and the brand are one, and so put yourself into it. I think that's really cool. We already talked about where they can get the uh, Decode Your Value uh, PDF. And how else can people get a hold of you? Oh, thank you. Yes, it's my website is wendyglavin.com, Wendy Glavin Agency. I'm on the two main sites I'm on are LinkedIn, just Wendy Glavin. Okay. On Twitter is also Wendy Glavin. Facebook, Wendy Zucker, Z-U-C-K-E-R, my maiden name, Wendy Zucker Glavin, G-L-A-V-I-N. Instagram, I think it's Wendy Glavin, New York's NYC. Twitter in an hour, and you're like you're up to date on all the tr- industry trends, business trends, whatever it is that you're interested in. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's really great Twitter. And the only reason I'm mentioning that is that sometimes people think, well, you know, I don't really want to do it. Or I don't really want to use it. But it's it's a really great learning tool, and people are very active. And again, not w- worrying about your amount of followers, but learning, like not just again, not just scrolling, like read articles. Like I read articles every single day and I try to find content that I feel is interesting and then I'll reshare it or comment or something. You know what I mean? It's not, you be passive. You have to be involved. Of course, most importantly, I mean, anyone can uh, contact me directly instead of going through my website at Wendy, W-E-N-D-Y at WendyGlavin.com. All right. (laughs) Well, we've had, we've had a great time so far, but we're not done yet. Now it's time. No, I'm not going anywhere. It's time, uh, Wendy. It's time for the questions. Okay, here we go. It's time to answer the questions. I double dare you. All right, so here we are. We are going to dare Wendy to answer these questions. Now, Wendy, you have been very open with us so far. A lot of fun. And so some of these questions may be a little more frivolous than others, and we may have some heavy ones in here too. So are you game? Absolutely. Okay, here we go. Brenna, take it away. Okay, this does not have to be rapid fire by any means, but if you feel like it's rapid fire, go for it. Our first question. Uh, Okay. If you could have a conversation with anybody who would it be and what would you talk about uh, my conversation would be with adam grant uh adam grant is professor rena- world-renowned professor at wharton he wrote my one of my most favorite books called originals how Nonconformists move the world that book is absolutely fantastic and he has gives a lot of examples of all different industry sectors and how you know people broke through so I would love to sit and talk with Adam Grant, and that's why. Wow, perfect. You had that one locked and loaded, ready to go. Question number two. Here we go. This is a <laughs> quote. Now, uh, Russ, you wrote this down, so we'll have to fact check it if it's, uh, if it's not correct. But go ahead. Two roads diverge in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both, is a quote from The Road Not Taken by Robert Frost, and it ends with, and that has made all the difference. What path did you take that has made all the difference? Boy, that, that's a very thought-provoking question. I would say the path I've taken is forging my own path. So creating you know, new things, believing in myself, building on my strengths, and not worrying about what other people think. I mean, of course, I want you know, the people I love and care about, but I'm saying you know, being true to myself. I think that's what's really important. And wherever that road leads, I mean, not just now, but in the future, 
I always am true, want to be true to myself. So I guess I'm not a follower. I'm, I'm more of a leader. And I would say now I want to, instead of me always like sort of helping clients, me lead myself, if that's a way to say it. Okay. Yeah. yeah interesting. Nice. Part of what I do is offer coaching. I'm going to ask a coaching question now. So here we go. What can you commit to doing in the next three days that you may be avoiding or putting off, Wendy, that will move the needle forward in your business or life? Make a list. <laughs> I, I am not a list person. I have a lot going on, but what I never have done is create lists. So I have to create a list so I can be, feel a little bit more organized with this. We'll just say uh, perhaps transition that's happening. All right. That's a good idea. Can you commit to doing that in the next next few days or sooner? Okay. Why don't we say, to be fair, today tonight is what, Thursday night? Yeah. Why, I think, don't, I, yeah. Okay, why don't I make a commitment, which this is a big commitment. Well, you're, make, you're only right. making it to yourself because no one's going to know if you did it or not. So. No, but I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, if I make a commitment to myself, it's now live. I believe I that. Get, I will get this list done by Sunday at the latest. Sunday night at the latest, I will do the list. Okay. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> so are you, are you, have you converted to your list to digital? Oh wait, you don't make lists yet. So are you like a digital person for your notes and things? Or are you still like old school? Are you like legal pads and stuff like that or what? Exactly. You do? Yellow pad and a red pen. Yeah. That's what I always use. You know, I mean, my, yeah, I write online. I mean, obviously I write, I use Google docs yeah. and Word docs and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, we're going to talk because uh, I think uh, I think I like the idea that you'd mentioned about the uh, mentoring. Yeah, the reverse mentoring. Yes. I know. I, mean, I think we, I we should at least idea. talk about it. If nothing else, I we should have, uh, have I would discussion. Love to do that. Yeah. And why don't you say you're the first person anywhere ever to hear this? Oh, really? Yeah. So, breaking news: well, Russ and I are talking <laughs> about creating something new called reverse mentoring, a does, new company. Does it exist? No. Oh, even better. Oh my God! I just got goosebumps over my whole body. Trust me, anything I come up with, I'm not. I don't want. I don't mean to be obnoxious, but like yeah. it won't exist because you know what? I'm a rebel. Okay. Well, so I, if I, doing something, it's like okay, then I'm not doing. I think. I think we. I think we figured that all out already. And you're from Philly. Oh, okay. And you're from Philly, so <laughs> that carries. No matter what time, no matter what age you left Philly, it, it sticks with you. I think. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's too much. Um, thank you, Wendy. Uh, we've talked about lots of things, and I've mentioned this before with another podcast, but this has been so much fun for me doing this podcast. I've been meeting the most interesting people. You definitely are one of them. And <laughs> thank you so much. And just no, I really appreciate so it. Much fun, and so much fun on, on these. Uh, uh, they're not even interviews, they're just like get to know you things, really, you know? Just conversations. Yeah, they're great. I love them. So thank you very much. I love much. the idea. I want to tell you that idea of shooting questions is really smart and original. Which, That's great. Asking you questions at the end, the questions? I've never had that. Any, I mean, I've really? been on many podcasts. I've never had anyone do it. It's very smart. Well, I got to tell you that I am super glad to hear that. <laughs> I mean, that's very clever. You know, as you hear, obviously I talk a lot, like too much sometimes, but <laughs> yeah, me too. But what's good, it's like the questions, the specific questions you ask. I really had, I mean, the Adam Grant thing was easy because if you ask me about a book, books, I can come up with, I mean, that's something off the top of my head books, but you know, the path less traveled, you know, those kinds of things are really, they're thought provoking. I was like, 
wow, what do I really think? So I thank you for that. Yeah. Well, thank you for contributing and participating. It's much appreciated. All right, we got to go. Um, thanks a lot, Wendy. Do really appreciate it. Hang on, thank we're gonna ch- we're gonna chat a little bit after. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh, uh, glad to have you. Okay, we're doing the outro. Okay. That concludes another episode of Going Boldly. I hope you were entertained and you discovered at least one nugget of wisdom or advice that you can put into action immediately. Or maybe you received some inspiration from today's episode. And I'm certain you know at least one person who needs this podcast. Please share it with them. You might be the important link that will change their life for the better. Subscribing means you will not miss an episode. And it will make it easier for me to schedule guests because I can show them that the audience is growing. So please subscribe. It will benefit us all. Let me know how I can make this show even better. Leave a comment and send me a DM. I read everyone personally, and I do my best to respond to each and every one. As a thank you, I'll be awarding prizes. And to keep you on your toes, the winners will be randomly selected from names I find in the comments, shares, DMs, and from the list of subscribers. Prizes might be Going Boldly merch or products supplied by my guests, or just something random and fun. But you have to comment, share, DM, or subscribe to be eligible to win. A special thanks to Brenna Swanger at Waverly Manor Studios for our great theme music. And finally, thanks for listening. Go boldly, keep at it, and wash your hands.